0: With daily live breakthrough coaching, an intimate and supportive community, regular peer-to-peer connection calls, and a complete vault of resources, this is where your path to total freedom and effortless enjoyment of your new way of life begins. Join us at NakedMindPath.com. Hi, this is Annie Grace, and welcome to this Naked Mind podcast, and I'm here with Gina. Hi, Gina. Hello. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? Good. 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 So thank you so much for coming and joining uh, the podcast, but why don't we just start kind of at the beginning for you, like your story with alcohol?
1: Sure. Um, so it's interesting because I thought about this a little bit over the last few days and, you know, I grew up in an Italian family. So, you know, whenever you've talked to guests about, you know, the little, little Italian woman who drinks alcohol or wine every day you know, I grew up around that. So, you know, four o'clock, my dad would go down to my grandparents' house, you know, every single day and have a glass of wine with them. And there was always a glass of wine with dinner. I think, you know, I've reflected back on that now that I'm older, but, you know, I did not have any desire to participate in alcohol culture when I was in high school. So it really wasn't until I was in college that I had my first drunk experience. And at that point in my college years, going out and getting drunk, that was what I did on the weekends. It wasn't a daily thing, but it's so funny because as I think back, I would probably say to anyone, oh yeah, I had a normal, I had a normal experience with alcohol. And even though it's common, it's probably not normal or healthy. So I definitely have now kind of reconsidered what was normal and what was healthy at the time. But it wasn't until, so, you know, I went through college and then I jumped right into a PhD. I got married pretty young, had children. So my entire twenties was really taken up in that very, um, checking things off, getting, becoming an adult really fast and alcohol just did not have much of a role at that time either, except when it was time to get drunk and kind of let loose. And so it was this tool, uh, for relaxing or, Do being something different or kind of taking myself out of my everyday life. And then in my 30s, I was um, really into my career and doing powerlifting and I was really into the health thing. And so that wasn't, you know, no room for alcohol. And then here I was around 40 years old with two middle school age children and divorced. And suddenly alcohol was part of my daily life. for the first time in my life, it was, um, two to three glasses of wine at night. And even talking to my doctor or my therapist, like it was still sort of like, oh, you're okay. You you don't have a, you're not an alcoholic. You, you know, and I think it was because of my self-awareness around it that everyone thought like, oh, that's okay. But in my mind, something didn't feel right. Something felt like this is not the Gina that I, that I know, or it was very, I was unrecognizable to myself, I guess. And that's when I started looking online, like many people do, like, am I an alcoholic or what makes them, you know, because that's, I think that's so much of what, why there's so much stigma around admitting that maybe you have an unhealthy relationship with the substance because either you're an alcoholic or you're not. And that's kind of the way I was I guess, brought up around it or thought about it. Either you have a healthy relationship with it or you don't. Um, And that middle gray area was just kind of confusing. And so I came across your podcast first, actually. So I was looking for things to listen to out on my walks, something motivational and just kind of under. And then, then I got the book. And so after hearing a podcast, I just I found your, your voice and your whole, your message, like really inspiring and really relatable. And so, um, I got the book and I read it and not only did it make so much sense from just a, but professionally, I understand these things because I'm a behavioral scientist by trade in my profession. So it's like, wow, this makes, this is like, yes, I teach these things. And then suddenly it became even more obvious what was going on. And then I kind of went down the rabbit hole and started reading other related books, the alcohol experiment. And, um, you know, this was just has been in the past six to nine months that this is sort of all it was early. I, I live by a spring to me is starts in January. So um, it was kind of around that time. And Yeah, so I can now think back and like really think about what was going on. And now that I have, you know, really changed those that understanding the beliefs about what alcohol served in my life, it's so much easier to say, okay, there are other options and I don't have to use that as a tool for this anymore. So that's that's kind of it.
0: So let's talk about how kind of you and I met because I feel like a really fun story in here. Yeah. Should I?
1: Yeah, go ahead. Uh, describe, describe the creepy. All all of <laughs> I think it's great. So it was because of the kind of academic approach I took to reading the book that really inspired me and I study consumer wellness. So that's my area and of expertise. And so, um, as I was reading it, I was identifying many of the things that you were saying. I could map to a certain theory or a certain you know, um, kind of taxonomy or you know, the way that you were describing it. It was right on. And I knew the kind of the names of the theories that were, served as the foundation of this process that, you're, that you use that's so effective. And so I just kind of felt compelled to email you and just say, hey, I'm this person out here who has not only benefited from your your books and your podcast, but I also have some knowledge in this area. And if there's any time you wanna talk about it more or you think I could help or anything, I'd love to chat. And I honestly didn't think I was ever gonna hear from you. And so it was such a delight when I saw your email back and you were wanting, you know, willing to have a conversation and chat more. And I think it kind of all relates to not only what alcohol was doing and serving at the time that led me to you which is now addressing one of those voids that I had which was I was feeling very restless in my career and looking for new outlets to um kind of showcase my talents and my expertise and so now suddenly it's like oh my gosh I I could have a whole new research area around kind of addiction or compulsive behavior something that I hadn't explored previously so that's how that happened but
0: yeah. Oh, that's so cool. So, so from my side, what was so cool was, um, so just to to back way up. So, I went to CSU in Fort Collins, and I remember the name of two classes, and one of the classes was a pricing class that I took. It and they were both in Rockwell Hall because I was I was a dual major in marketing and entrepreneurship in business, and one was pricing because that's where I met my husband. And so I remember that class very vividly, and then and it's kind of funny because I started at CSU as um actually started as a photography major and I got an associate's degree in photography and I was really excited about it and then I had a um, inter- uh I was an in an internship with a woman in, um, who owned a studio called Aspen Photo and Film. And she said, the one thing I really regret is not going to business school because if I would have gone to business school, then I feel like I could have like just been a more successful photographer. So I was like, okay, great. Like, you know, I'll try that like all. And she really encouraged me to go to business school, right? And um, I had taken one business class in my photography degree and the, uh, the professor was like, oh, you are like, have kind of a knack for thinking this way, this is great. And, and so that was encouragement. So anyway, so I enrolled in CSU. I went to CSU and I I looked at all the different, you know, syllabus or curriculum options, and accounting had the fewest credits. So I was like, okay, hey, just <laughs> with the fewest credits. I'll get my business degree and be done with it. And um and I took my first few accounting classes and I was just like, oh my gosh, like this is not how my brain works. This is linear. This is not abstract. There's no like, I just was like, just miserable in my accounting classes. And so I, um, I was like, well, marketing looks interesting, right? Like second best. I don't know. I just, I mean, <laughs> how I picked, how I picked this all with the, the idea, you know, best laid plans that I was going to go, um, open a photo business. And I remember, I think it's pretty early on that you take, and I, I got it for this podcast because oh my gosh, it have been on my shelf ever since, but it's pretty early on that you take consumer behavior. And yeah. I loved this book through all our moves to to London to New York because like this class like changed my life. I was like, oh my gosh! And I I was going back through like I have you know everything in here is is like highlighted gosh. right because yes. of, oh motivation and this is why we're motivated to do certain things and this is how and it was almost as if the lights went on to how the human being works and how it works in contests of a society that is at the end of the day, we all have jobs because of entrepreneurs, right? So like, that's how we feed ourselves. We're a capitalist society. And so I was like, these two things connecting in my mind uh, was just like an explosion. And it was my absolute favorite class. And so you and I get on and we start talking and you're like, I teach consumer behavior at CSU, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I was like, no, no, wait, like, not only are you the professor now of the class, which I, the only textbook I've ever kept, by the way, oh my gosh, no other textbooks, and, um, and I was just, yeah, floored by it, but uh, I,
1: I mean, you cannot make it up, I was just wow, no, I know, it's like full circle, and here you are talking to a CSU professor. (laughs)
0: it is just the coolest it's just absolutely awesome yeah so um yeah and i'm i'm really excited because one of the things that i've been super passionate about doing is and i know we share we've we've talked before and we share passions around you know bringing some of these ideas into things like prisons or bringing them into you know really looking at uh my my sister-in-law was in the foster system because her mother could not get it together with alcohol, not, not for not loving her a lot and not for not wanting to try, but she just didn't have the right tools and the right solutions. And everything was failing her. You know, all the treatment centers were failing her, the mental health institutions, all of the stuff. And so ultimately she, she died in a hospital having to be intravenously um, given alcohol to just even prolong her life and minimize her pain. And so my sister-in-law grew up in the foster system and, I, I think about stuff like that. And in the sense of, it's amazing that people want to take children who aren't their own. And that's incredible, but like, how, where can we look and do more work on why people are like falling into that? Like so much of, of the children that are in those systems are because of addiction. So much Mm -hmm. of incarceration is because of addiction and just kind of in, in alcohol, very specifically and alcohol combined with other, other drugs, Alcohol is, you know, they used to call, I think, marijuana, the gateway drug, but it's definitely alcohol. It's for (laughs) sure. Yeah. And, And I think that it's just interesting how we have all these kind of aligned interests. So I've been super happy to have the introduction and of course invited you on the podcast to tell your story.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you.
0: And so in your sort of experience, especially like being a professor and and seeing it in college, like, do you think drinking has gotten worse, gotten better? I mean, I've I've read different studies that say, you know, at this age with all the social media that's out there, people are not wanting to get blackout drunk on the weekends and have pictures posted. I've
1: read other things that say, oh, it's worse than ever. You know, it's all I can say. I mean, I'm not out there. Drinking is still part like central to the culture. I mean, you know, just even today you know, it's Thursday night, so everyone was talking about doing their Thursday night ram band thing, and I, it was, like, a week ago that I finally learned, like, exactly what that was, like, I would hear students, and so finally I just asked, I'm, like, is it, like, a band that you, and and they laughed, because it's, like, no, it's a wristband, Gina, like, it's a wristband, and you get to go to all the bars that are, like, in the ram band, I'm, like, oh, okay, um, so anyway, yeah, you know, it is ups- it's a little upsetting because, you know, as I, it's not upsetting. I just try to have empathy and compassion, right? Because I was there too. I was a 20-year-old. And I think, you know, the need for social, when we talk about needs and what motivates us, when you're that age, social affiliation and being part of a group is so important. And when you go to college, and this is where the conditioning or the learning has come in, like this is part of what makes you part of the college culture. So, you know, like for me, I mean, that was, I really didn't have any desire to ever be drunk in my life until I went to college and realized like, oh, that's what you do.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: not only, and I, and speaking of the dissonance, it's like on the one side, your, your body's rejecting you and, and punishing you for what you're doing, but you're, you're affirmed and positively reinforced socially by the people around you. It's like a badge of honor to like, you know, go out, get drunk, throw up and you know, everyone's laughing about it the next day. And, you know, sometimes I wonder like, is this just a way for us to feel better about what we've just done is to like, kind of build this positive narrative around the behavior. But, you know, with students, I just, I I always encourage them to make good healthy choices. And I share my knowledge with them in a way that I hope doesn't come across as too preachy, but just sort of, hey, I'm now twice your age. And I've seen some things and I've been through a lot of things, things that you probably don't even want to know about. But, you know, this is life and you're going to have to one day decide whether the consequences are worth, are worth it. And, you know, I tell my students, if you're up at night tossing and turning and your consequences of decisions you've made keep you up at night, that's probably a moment to kind of reconsider what you're doing and also provide them with resources. If this is a behavior that you want to step away from, you know, just let me know. I can, I, I'm i not, and I can't be a doctor or, you know, but I'm an, an, an adult that you can come to. I always tell students, like, if you ever need the help of a professor who's not your professor, you can come to me. If you need the help of a older woman who's not your mom, but like Maybe you need a mom at a moment. Like I can direct you to some some resources and some help. So I think those little nudges are probably probably more powerful than I I think because I think um, to some extent I am you know someone they look up to I hope and if they can see that you can have a successful, happy, energetic life without making yourself drunk, then that's wonderful, right? And, um, I think that's hard for a 20 year old to imagine it would have, would have been hard for me to imagine. (laughs) So that distinction of,
0: if you aren't sleeping,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: no matter if it's about alcohol or anything else, when I heard you say that the first time I was like, oh, wow. Like that's really powerful. Like our bodies need to, and are meant to sleep and it's like, pay attention to something and don't just, you know, I mean, there's a place for medication, obviously, but like Maybe that is very uh, you know, a band aid, a sleep aid. It's like has the word aid in it. It's not solution. It's not, you know, yeah. Aid. It's really, really a good thing to just kind of think through. And it's so true for anybody who's drinking too
1: much. I mean, sleep is oh wake up in the middle of the night. Yeah. And that's I mean, that's that was my wake up call. I mean, I was not sleeping at night. And I and I was, you know, trying to make excuses like oh, I just have so much on my mind and, you know, trying to come up with these stories as to what was going on. like blaming the cat that you can see behind me or, you know, it's the kitty cats are waking up. No, Gina, it's, it's alcohol. You're, you're drinking too much, especially right before bed. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, and that, that was what got me thinking and really self-reflecting. And how has it been kind of navigating social life for you? It's fine, I don't, I mean, my friends are, I mean, you know, here's the wonderful thing about being in your 40s, I think, is like you really stop caring what other people think about. And I think it's like that comes, that wisdom and that confidence comes in time and you can't skip the other steps to get there. Like you have to go through the rites of passage in some way. Like, I think as much as I would love to tell a 20 year old, like, just be confident in who you are and don't like you I think it's part of growing up is building that self-awareness and that wisdom and um the friends that I have we're all very you know health conscious and kind of you know have done our own experimenting with you know not drinking or drinking or um my boyfriend is um a PA in an urgent care and he's also a veteran and has seen addiction and kind of the extremes of it walk into his clinic almost daily and he doesn't drink and and you know that doesn't say he never drinks it's sort of like I can drink as much as I want whenever I want I just choose not to because I don't see the need and I think so there's really the the peer pressure that that need to affiliate with alcohol doesn't affect my life but it only makes illuminates how embedded it is in our culture. I mean, every single event on campus that I've been invited to in the start of the school year, it's like either at a brewery or it's a it's a brewery thing where um, alcohol is served. And it's, it's like, here we all are showing up to drink our alcohol and to get in our cars and drive home. And, you know, this is just, that's that's really scary when you step back and think about it and I you know know colleagues who have gone through DUI situations and you know it's not just teenagers it's adults that get in trouble with alcohol
0: yeah yeah for sure so true and I think it's um it's just exciting to see that like it has been such a a trend and a shift kind of almost, I mean, I found out recently, like Katy Perry just launched a mocktail line, oh, you know, mm-hmm. like there's a lot of just, um, things happening and it's, I heard a new term too, which was sober ish, right. Which is like, oh. I'm mm-hmm. focusing on this type of lifestyle, you know, yeah. but I'm, I don't have the rules or the rigidity around being sober. And, and I think that's really cool. Like I certainly don't associate with the or like identify, I guess is a better word with the word sober, but, um, right. but that's, you know, it's really because I just drink as much as I want whenever I want. I just haven't wanted to drink in like eight years now. And so it's, it's a, a really different energy for me around that. And I think that words do matter. The energy around your words matter, the energy that you feel when you're going into whatever you want to achieve, whether it's, you know, getting getting a degree or stopping a habit or whatever the case is, like how you feel about the goal really matters.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: So um, yeah, this has just been awesome. And let me ask you kind of this question that I, I always sort of wrap up these conversations with, which is uh, if you were going to go back in time to your past self and kind of tell her about what
1: life is like now, wow. um, Without alcohol, what would you tell her? It's not lonely. And mm-hmm. I think, like, for me, when I think symbolically what alcohol has been in any life stage, it's been a stand-in adult. It, it, it like, when I'm with the boys, I'm a single mom, and it's, like, really hard, the alcohol was the other adult in the room that I went to because it's hard to not have a, an adult partner to have your back when you feel ganged up on, or when, you know, you're lonely, or you don't feel like you fit in alcohol was that, that, that social piece for me. And I think now I would just tell little Gina, like you, you can, you can find love and affiliation and have support in, in other people, and you don't have to rely on substance for that.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. I love that so much. Well, this has just been great, Gina. Thank you so much. Yeah, for thank you Annie. Thank you for reaching out and sending me an email and literally blowing my mind. That, <laughs> I mean, thanks for emailing me back. <laughs> so great. And I look forward to, um, you know, wherever this relationship takes yeah. us together on whatever we might put our heads to. So that's yeah. just
1: exciting. Sounds that's wonderful. wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you.
2: We are so excited to announce our newly recalibrated signature program, The Path Freedom Accelerated. This 90-day program is designed to make freedom from alcohol quicker, more accessible, and more affordable than ever before. Imagine if just 90 days from now you discover a new freedom without feeling like you're hanging on to willpower by your fingernails, without feeling deprived or like you're missing out, and without the shame, guilt, and blame. The path Freedom Accelerated provides a guided, almost hypnotic sequence of content that speaks not only to your conscious mind, but also to your subconscious, actually changing your desire for a drink. Plus... You will receive daily accountability and support from our coaches and our community. If you feel like you have lost control of your drinking, there is a solution. One that's easier than you might think and doesn't involve rules, missing out, or deprivation. We would love for you to join us. Go to NakedMindPath.com to learn more. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today.